0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I want to welcome everybody from wherever you are listening from. This is Life Transformation Radio, and I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and International Best-Selling Author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 79 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us, or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here, we tell stories of why we're doing what we're doing, we highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives, and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday through Friday. Join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community, and never miss an episode by subscribing wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Life Transformation Radio can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, Himalaya app, the Google Play Music app, I'm Pandora, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Life Transformation Radio. The guest, on the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, amazing human beings that are impacting the world around them. And my guest today has done exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that bring bring on the show during our live broadcast, call us up at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, please help me welcome to the show, my friend and our guest here for today, Tony Watley. Tony, welcome to Life Transformation Radio.
1: Hey, Sean, thank you for having me on, man. I love these collaborations. You and I have split these duties on different shows, and I can't wait to get to your audience and give them some value tonight.
0: It's going to be amazing. You have so much to give everything I see online about you. Everything that I read about you is just straight to the point. No pulling punches. Just this is what you got to do. This is how it is. You don't like it. That sucks. This isn't for you. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> uh, I love the no fluff, you know, attitude. I love what you are doing. I saw that you were at, uh, an event, uh, Arite, I think it's called.
1: Uh, RT R- Syndicate.
0: R R T Syndicate, yep. Uh, I see you speaking all over the planet. And, uh, man, you're just a, a, a beacon of inspiration for everybody who's coming up behind you, man. So uh, the one thing that, that we both noticed about each other, man, is, is the consistency in what we're doing. And if anybody's consistent, it's you, my friend.
1: I appreciate that, Sean, and that's coming from someone who I also admire for being highly consistent and showing up on a daily basis. It's a tough duty that we put ourselves into these situations, but you know what? That's why we get the results, and a lot of people just fade away after the first three months.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. You know, that's how it goes, though. Like, everybody's super pumped. They're seeing some some hope, and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, this is for me. And then six months later, that hope is drawn out. It's going away. It's fading. We see it in podcasts where, the, where it's pod faded. Uh, they're not doing it anymore. It's hard work. They're not seeing as much um, momentum. They're not seeing as many wins because of your attitude. At first, you're gung-ho, and you're, and, and you're seeing the wins because of your attitude. When you get deep into it, it's not fun no more. And you figure out really how hard it can be, but you got to keep the attitude Positive, and that is where most people are failing. Once the attitude goes, it's like in a boxing match. Once you start to waver, once you start to not believe in yourself, you're downhill, you're done, you're toast.
1: Yeah, I always think the first six to 12 months, I call it no man's land. Think about like on a battlefront, and there's this no man's land that nobody owns or has any territory. It's kind of a, a ghost zone out there, and if you want to become successful, a lot of times you have to cross that no man's land to get to the front line of the other people doing things and most people are unwilling to put in that work and here's the thing is that that first six months is very lonely. And this goes for whether you're starting a business or starting a podcast or going on that fitness journey, whatever it is when you first start you get a little endorphin rush because you announce to the world that you're going to do this thing or start this business or go on this diet or get on this workout. And then everybody's like, yeah, congrats, man, go get that, go kill it. And you're like, yeah, that's awesome. I got all these people supporting me. And then it kind of goes silent after the first week. And you're like, wow, where did all my supporters go? Why did it get all so quiet? And you know, it's kind of lonely here. Do I keep going? Is this really working? Is this microphone on? Is this stage got any audience behind it? And basically that is the test. That is a test, Sean. You and I both have made it through that. But most people, if you're listening to this, understand that that is the test that you must pass through. Because here's the thing. People are watching you, but they're watching you with skepticism because they've seen thousands mm-hmm. of other people coming before you that basically petered out and faded out within the first three months. So no matter how hard you hit the ground running and you're really charging really hard, guess what? They've seen this before by thousands of other people. So they're still skeptics. They're watching you with one eye open. And unless you make that six-month mark, they're going to start to like your posts. Make it eight months, they start responding to your posts. Make it to a 12-month period. People are actually responding and telling their friends to come listen to what you're talking about. So you have to make it through that. And if you're listening to this right now and you're in that, that no-man's land yourself, understand that that is the test. And most people quit. 99% of people quit. 1% make through that. But they're the ones that get the yeah. results. So don't don't give up.
0: It's a it's a funny thing that happens. After three years, you are pretty much solidified if you've done everything correctly. It's a funny thing that happens. Nobody was beating down my door, you know, three four years ago for having me come speak somewhere. Three four years ago, nobody was rushing to my website to go buy all my programs, products, and services. But this year. And, and last year, but, but this year, I got emails. Hey, have an event. Would you like to come speak? Hey, saw that you're local. We have an event going on. Hey, would you like to come speak to my company? I mean, these are the emails I get now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I put that, that content out there. I put the work in. People were, like, you, you know that you're on the right track with momentum when, when people start tagging you. Oh, yeah. Well, Tony does that. Talk to him. Oh, Sean does that. Yeah, talk to him. When you see what you're being tagged him, and you're like, but I don't even do that. Well, according to the Marketplace, you do. I got a message right before we came on here. Hey, uh, don't you help people with their like, positioning and like, starting up podcasts? And like, Okay, cool. Because I have a client. And went, like, that's the stuff. Like, they're going to reach out to you because like, you're the person. Out of everybody on the internet who says that they start podcasts, they come to you. Now you're positioned. And those people just—they they don't get that, and they don't get the tagging, and they don't—they don't—they're not getting referrals, and they're and it's just—it's lonely. It sucks.
1: <laughs> you know, but it's—it's the—it's the price you got to pay. That's—that's that's why it's hard. And if it was easy, everybody would have the same results. So, you're—you're yep. you're absolutely right. In 2019, I was guesting on over 100 different podcasts, and I didn't have to pitch for any of those. But I'll tell you, in 2018. I had to be that one that had to go out there and pitch my, my <laughs> offerings and, and add, you know, can I come to our yep. show? And you know I felt like I was begging a lot of times, you know, and a lot of them say no. I'd say that 90% of the people you pitch to, especially podcasts or radio show hosts, they say no because they have a backlog of guests. I understand that. And they're, they're also got yep. guests with a more notable name or more famous or more value or more proof and social proof. So there's a lot of people you're competing yep. with, against. But in 2019, I think you're the same way as that, is that over a hundred shows yeah. that I did not even ask about being on, but they came, found me. That's that's how when you start to make a shift.
0: I was on fifty three shows last year. My goal, w- my goal is always fifty, like minimum. minimum I got to hmm. make fifty minimum. And uh, the previous year, I was on almost sixty. I think it was like a fifty, fifty seven, fifty eight, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is that out of those fifty three. I maybe remember going after five of them. <laughs> like, I don't remember. Like, people are like, hey, hey, I like your show. Like, you want to be on my show? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Or I'd just be in conversation with somebody. Oh, you have a podcast? That's cool. What's your podcast about? Let's do a couple of episodes. I'm like, wow, this is really good. Like, oh, would you like to be a guest? Yeah, sure. Come on my show. Like, I spent most of my time last year with people that had podcasts, and we were just guest swapping
1: yeah, you know, on each other's shows.
0: And a that's lot great. of that. Last year was those shows. I mean, I did hundred. I think I did hundred and twenty something episodes of Life of Transformation Radio in twenty nineteen. Uh, we're up to episode three thirty two. This is episode three thirty two, and 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 a hundred and twenty of those episodes, fifty of them were podcasters, and, and then I was a guest on their show. Like it was, it was incredible. So yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Uh, I want to let the listeners get a chance to, to get to know you on a more personal level. The title of this episode is Become a Side Hustle Millionaire with entrepreneur and podcaster Tony Watley. He's an entrepreneur, a business mentor, best-selling author, podcast host, and speaker. He is best known as co-founder of LS1 Tech, an online automotive community which grew into the largest of its time. This website groups over 300,000 registered members and was later sold for multiple six figures in only five years. Amazingly, it was just his part-time business. Tony shares his mindset and business strategies within his book, Side Hustle Millionaire, and teaches people how to create and scale their company. Among other companies, Tony's latest venture is 365 Driven. This podcast and business consulting brand helps clients become more process-driven and profitable. With his corporate background in managing nine-figure international projects, he consults small businesses on how to benefit from this experience. His mission, to help people gain the knowledge and courage to take action and to help others become the best version of themselves. When not performing the work that he loves, you can usually find Tony traveling the world or racing cars go to the website 365driven.com instagram facebook linkedin twitter right there in the show notes connect with him on your favorite respective program or platform and send him a message letting him know that you heard his episode of life transformation radio go to 365 the numbers 365 driven.com Tony, my first question for you, my friend, and I believe is the most important question you could ever ask yourself as soon as your feet hit the floor in the morning, which is why? Why do you do what you do?
1: I think that's a, it's a multifaceted answer, but I'll try to give you some tangibles here. So the thing for me is I've always been a teacher at heart. And the thing is, I went through the school system understanding that teachers don't really necessarily get paid very well, but I wanted a better lifestyle than what I grew up in. So I decided, no, I don't want to go to college and get a four-year degree and come out making $40,000 a year for life. So that was kind of one of the fears that I've always been the teacher, even as a child. I was teaching my friends how to do skateboard tricks and BMX stunts and all these kind of things. I was always teaching. And so that's within me. So I've always been the one that's going out and try to help people to become better or improve in some way. And even in the corporate world, I got the engineering degree to chase six figures and I worked in oil and gas here in the Houston area. But I did that also as a mentor. So whenever there was opportunities to mentor people who are less experienced or people just coming into the industry, I was always willing just to take them under my wing and show them and guide them to the, you know, success or become better or challenge them to become leaders themselves, even when I wasn't asked to do that. I've just always been that person. So that's really the why is I really like enjoy. One of my, I would say, I have two superpowers. One of them you touched on with that intro. I'm a community builder. I can build massive communities because I am a servant leader, and I understand how to create these massive communities while being a part of the community. I don't put myself on a pedestal. I don't think like this is all for me, and I'm the king of this community, and I'm so awesome. Yep. Like that's how a lot of people do that, and they fail, and they never <laughs> understand why they never get a big crowd or a big following or a permanent following. It's because they're not engaging as part of the community. So if you're going to be the mayor of a city, for example, you need to be in part of the, the city and go out there and actually interact and get to know the community, help the community members build bonds between each other. So it's not all the line of sight of leadership is not just directly to you. It's about building community, building the links between the members of your community. So I have a very good talent at building that. I've always done that. I've done car clubs. I've done these online communities. And that's the funny thing is that, the 300,000-member one, that was LS1 Tech. That was my best one, but the second best was actually still pretty good. It was performancetrucks.com, and that one was 260,000 members. So we were able to replicate the wow. same process in that business model on two different powerhouse websites. So you understand that I can see that. And the other superpower that I have is seeing the potential in other people that they may not necessarily see for themselves. That's part of being a good friend, but I can just see the talent perspectives and the capability of most people when they don't even believe it for themselves. So my why is to help people extract that talent, extract that potential, and help them find that achievement, because I think a lot of people just wander around on this earth. They don't even know what they're capable of, but it takes someone like mm-hmm. you or I, Sean, to really see what their potential is and like just pull it out of them and get away from all these stupid excuses that keep people from really trying for what they want to do.
0: For sure. The excuses are just ridiculous. Last year, I started a clothing line, an empowerment and affirmation clothing line called LYB Clothing Inc. And our best-selling shirt says, I don't make excuses, I make results. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I had sent two of those shirts to Gary Vee. Because everybody's talking about, you know, hustle this and hustle this and hustle this. And, you know, you got to make results or whatever. So I boxed up two of them. I sent them to Gary Vee. I don't even know if he got them. But I was like, I wonder how. So this was like my, my, my message last year was like, stop the excuses. Like, just figure it out. Just do it. You know, what I hear a lot of was like, well, I don't know how. Dude, Google it. Come on. Like YouTube and Google are your best friends if you can't afford a coaching. Always get coaching
1: yeah youtube university google YouTube, university google youtube university google Siri can teach you things nowadays, right
0: you right but it just it blows my mind that people would rather sit there and wait for them to be helped than be proactive and actually go out and find out It's just it blows my mind the world didn't didn't not exist back before the internet, like people still built businesses. People still talked. People wrote books. They read books. They looked like they were still learning going on. You know, it's just, man, I think there's more excuses today than there is ever. And there's literally no room for the excuse because you have everything you need available.
1: Agreed. There's never been an easier time to start a business than there is today. When I started this business back in 2001, the internet was just infancy. We ended up selling that company for a couple million dollars in, in 2007. Got to exit after two years of just transition phase. So it was harder back then. We didn't have social media. This is like we sold our company and literally two years later, Facebook came out. So it gives you a perspective that we built this ah. thing organically <laughs> and by cold calling and cold emailing and just making a presence and running ads and, and, and also collaborations. Like you talked about the podcast, we like to collaborate That's with each other and help each other out. What I was doing that with the automotive magazines and automotive societies collaborating with them, hosting events, doing things to get involved in the scene, the industry, reaching out and yep. doing this. You know, we made our money from advertising and these, these live events. We do racing and car show events around the country. So we made a lot of money doing that. But it was – those were also purposeful for building those micro communities within the main brand. So I knew that if I could have an event in California and Chicago and New Jersey and Florida and Texas, all the hotbeds of the community – What's going to do is going to grow. It's going to draw people off their computers, come out, and they hang out and get mm-hmm. to know each other, become friendship for life. Because a lot of them are friends for life. It's been twenty years. They go back to the main base, which was our website, and I knew that how I could build the strongest community was by creating those bonds between everybody in these micro communities. And I think a lot of people nowadays take the internet for granted, and they don't really invest in that personal touch. That's what you're going to start to see. I think you're, you're, you're doing this, Sean, you, you come to the speaking events. You and I are going to be standing on the same stage in in March, yep. San Antonio, we do these things yep. so we can go hang out with each other. So we can get to know each other better so we can build these stronger bonds. And that's the purpose of doing these kind of things. And some people just don't get it. They think they can build these communities just by solely focusing on online presence. Guess what guys, you're going to get beat by guys like me and by Sean, because we know that the personal effect is a higher value than just showing up online every day.
0: Absolutely, and it's not self-serving. Yes, we want millions of followers. Yes, we want the money and the you know whatever. We're just choosing to do it on a more deeper and foundational level. Too you know many people I know, and I'm not even joking. Too you know many people I know in 2018 had and, and I may or may not be talking about somebody directly who has a program called the highly sought after speaker. And then at the end of 2018 decided that maybe they will be an author and they're going to teach people how to market their books, which was something that I was already doing. And then there's, there's something called CBD oil. So now in 2019, I'm going to get into CBD oil, but I'm going to change my Facebook group with all my speaker people in it to CBD oil. And then because I changed it to CBD oil, it didn't work out, so I'm going to go back to speaker, but then I already lost all my audience. But then, not only that, am I going to go and, and be a platform speaker and sell from stage, but I'm going to create a bunch of programs and services about how to be an amazing entrepreneur because I've built multiple businesses. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, what are you even talking? Dude, you went to CBD... Anyway... That's what I see. I see people going, I'm a speaker this week. I'm an author next week. Oh, and now, because I got on TEDx, I'm going to teach it. Oh, and then because I built a podcast, I'm going to teach it. And then I'm, I'm like, you didn't even get a year down the road with your podcast before you're now somehow a podcast expert. Like, this, this is crazy, crazy to me. It took Dude, there's, me hun- there's hundreds years. of people
1: like that. There's hundreds of people like that, especially on social. Some of the people we follow – we see that. It's like they're chasing squirrels. They never become a master at anything and then it's not working for them. Yep. So they're basically, they're basically that, that group of people I talked about who go three months really hard and try to make a presence. They make a little splash and then they quit and they redirect or they pivot. Here's the problem is they, a lot of times they pivot in silence. They get, they kind of go ghost and disappear for two months, like on hiatus mm-hmm. or some bullshit. And then they, they come back yep. and they go, Oh, here's what I'm doing now. And it's all this different. And you, you're either with me or you don't, you know, you either love me or you don't. And it's like, Oh gosh, man, here right. we go. Like oh, how many, God, how many business 80, cards, man. dude, how many business cards is this person going to have in one year? Like that's, are you setting a record? Right. And I know, I know a lot of people like that got, you know, they're, they're bouncing around like a pinball trying to find this yep. next business idea. And it's like, dude, just stick with one thing and be the best at that. And you know what? Even if you're the middle of the pack, you're still going to be more successful than somebody just bouncing around at the bottom.
0: Oh, hundred percent. Three feet from gold, my friend. I always tell people, three feet from gold. You drill down three feet in one direction, and you're going to hit gold. If you go an inch and a half, which most people do, or maybe a foot, or maybe they just gave up right at the two and a half inch mark or two and a half foot mark, and they're just if they you just want to keep going. Most mm-hmm. people don't even make it to three feet. They make it, they, and so I had a guy, um, oh, what's his name? I think his name's Tim, Tim something. He blew my mind. He goes, do you know how many people I know with backyards full of 12-inch holes? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, think about it. Social media is full of people's backyards. Think about it as a neighborhood. You live next to Tony who lives next to Jimmy who lives, lives next to Susie who lives next to Bobby who lives next to, like you, you know, you're in each other's backyards essentially and this is your community if you have a facebook group that's your community that's your neighborhood do you know how many mm. people i know in those neighborhoods that have a bunch of 12 inch holes in their yards and their holes are, are are all over the place because they gave up way too easy and thought they were going to be create the next best thing well they didn't and then they went on to something else i'm like oh blew my mind when he said that i'm like yes now i get it so he's like stop making 12 inch holes. Stop making your, your backyard look like Swiss cheese, drill down hundred percent, two holes, three holes, max drill down a mile wide and hit pay there. And I was like, yes, that put it into perspective.
1: That's a great visual. I, I, I could visualize that whole thing while you're talking about that. It's a good storytelling yep. there, Sean. You know, it, 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 and most people <laughs> I, I'd say, here's what I tell people when they come to me, want to help to start a business. I say, if you're not passionate about this subject and you're not willing to go 12 months minimum, really just putting in the work, then don't even start. Just that's the honest truth. Anyone that's listening to this, anything you're starting, whether that's your fitness or a podcast or writing a book or business, anything you're doing that's out of your norm, don't even start if you don't have the passion and your willingness to go 12 months, even with like nobody's watching, because that's important.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely, man. So let's talk about that and the transformation that takes place. I don't believe that life is all sunshine and rainbows. You know, there's ups and downs and twists and turns, and there's a lot that goes into what we do. But I always believe that the businesses that we create and the lifestyle that we live is usually a direct reflection of the moments in our life. So let's talk about that. What is a transformational moment that changed your life and put you on the path to what you're doing today?
1: pretty crazy story I actually gave a award-winning speech on this very subject so I'll tap into some of that because it's a good narrative so in 2015 I was involved in a major car accident when I was racing cars so that's one of the things that I've been doing for the last 20 years is these performance shops and these manufacturers will throw me the keys to some very high horsepower you know combos to go get the best lap times or the best drag strip quarter mile times out of because I've got a knack to do that and around 2015 I was driving this 1000 horsepower twin turbo Viper and near wow. the top of third gear, something in the rear suspension broke, which caused the outer, the right, the left, oh, I'm sorry, the right rear wheel to kind of steer and cast her on its own, like, like pushing a shopping cart backwards. You know, it's kind of a pain in the ass. You can't steer it. So I, I immediately, there's a lot of emotions that happened here because when the car started getting out of line, there's a little bit of fear, but I've been through this so many times. I've made thousands and thousands of passes in cars with more power. So I understand that cars have a tendency to kind of get a little out of line with that kind of power level. But you have yeah. a little bit of fear because you think you can recover it. So I've got training. I'm a driver. I've got a lot of seat time. I can recover this. There's a little bit of fear, a little bit of adrenaline, a little bit of excitement, to be honest. And then the car starts to feel like it's got this magnetic pull pulling me against the right side wall. I was in the right lane. And the car started just moving towards that right side wall and the steering wheel was going straight. So I was like, what the hell is going on? I didn't realize at that time that the rear wheel was steering me. So basically it goes against the wall and I still don't know what's happening. And at that point, I was really angry with myself because I felt like I damaged somebody else's car. Like I was letting down the race team and, you know, I, I was kind of just hard on myself. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, it wasn't that bad. So I started to slow down. And I came back off of that wall, and all of a sudden, the car went hard left because that wheel kicked back out. And now I'm going 130 miles per hour, and I'm looking at a concrete wall in the other lane, and I'm thinking to myself, well, here I go. Because in that moment, I really thought I was going to die. And it was a really profound moment because I still remember it like it was an eternity. And it was only milliseconds, but it seemed like an eternity. And the thing is, that the, the two emotions that I just described before, the fear and then the anger, and then in this moment, I had peacefulness. I was just very peaceful in that moment. And I was approaching the wall and I thought it was gonna be my last time on this earth. And then I hit the impact and then I survived and basically the car sliding sideways and, the, and it was nighttime, so the lights are flickering on and off, the airbags deployed. They filled the cabin with white smoke. You could hear metal crumpling and grinding and carbon fiber, just everything was crunching and the wheels were flying off. And basically all I did was focus on just stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. Cause I didn't know if I was injured or not. I just knew that most people in racing die from fire as soon as, you know, all the fluids spill out and there's sparks and all of a sudden the car goes up in flames. But I had to stay awake to make sure I could get out of that car, even if I was hurt. So I basically just focused on staying awake. I had my eyes closed, the thing sliding, and the car comes to a rest, and then I pry the door open because that side had caved in, and I got out and I was uninjured. And I stood there in the darkness at the end of the track, and I could hear the ambulance on the other end of the track coming. I could hear my friends on four-wheel drives and, you know, four-by-fours and, and running up the track physically, like shouting, and, you know, because it looked terrible, horrific from the back from the starting line. And I'm just standing there with my helmet off, and I was very calm. I was looking at the car, the wheels, you know, basically off the car. The front of the car is caved in all the way up to the windshield and just pieces everywhere. There's fluid spilled everywhere. And I'm thinking, why am I still here? Why and what is this? And then here's the weird thing, Sean, is that they put me in the back of the ambulance and the paramedic, you know, gave me the vital checks and she's looking me over and she goes, I just wanted to tell you something. I was like, what? She goes, for someone who's just in, been in a major car accident, you are remarkably calm. She's your heart rate, everything about you's calm. You're not even like seeing an adrenaline rush. She goes, we see accidents out here almost every night and never seen this before. Like, you know, so really she's thinking like, do you have a concussion or anything like that? But I was like, no, I feel fine. I was answering questions and, and nothing, like, I was just very calm because I was in a moment where I was thinking like, what if I would have died? I was thinking, what if I would have died? Except mm-hmm. I really thought I was going to die in that moment. So it's kind of weird when you think you're, you're about to release and then you're you're spared for some reason. So I'm thinking, why am I here? This is weird. I don't even have any major injuries. I'm not even cut. I had safety gear on. But that impact in that kind of car on a concrete wall is just bad odds. I've seen many people perish for much less. And oh, yeah. so the next, dude, the next week I was really thinking about it, you know, I was just really thinking about it really hard. And I was still working at the time. And I, and I said, I said to myself, what if I would have died? How would people, how would people have remembered me? You know, and as morbid as that sound, it's, it's a good exercise that I think everybody that's listening should go through. Like if you were to die today, how would you be remembered? And, th- and also realize mm-hmm. that how you would be remembered is based on the effort and the actions and the person that you decided to become, because we are all given a chance to do things and make the right choices to become the person. So if you're really thinking that you'd be remembered as a dirt bag and everyone hated you or you were miserable, like those are your choices to have that. Me, I just looked at back at some of the friends that I'd lost in the racing and motorcycle scene. I said, well, what, how did people remember them? And it was always so-and-so was a nice guy so-and-so had a cool car, so-and-so gone too soon, so-and-so, you know, it's basically just really shallow level stuff, nice guy, cool cars, I had all that, I had money, I had a bunch of fancy cars, business owner, I was like, man, that just tells me one thing, it's like, here I am, I think I was around 40, 42 at the time, I'm guessing, you know, and I, I thought to myself, like, dude, this is just not enough impact, I'm not creating enough impact, I have way more potential to help other people, I can help Thousands of people is what I used to say, Sean. I used to think I could help thousands of people with the knowledge that I have, the skill sets that I have. And the only ones who had benefited up until that point from my knowledge of business and, and leadership were the people in my close proximity or my friends or the people that I worked with because I was always the mentor and the teacher. But the fact is, is I was too scared or too insecure to go stand on a stage. I was too insecure to get on a microphone. I didn't like being on video. I didn't like how my voice sounded recorded. So I had all these insecurities and negative talk in my head that kept me from being out there and actually impacting the world. And I knew that that was my potential. So I called myself out and I said, I need to quit being a bitch. I just need to go out there and do this. This is my, this is my legacy, dude. I was like, dude, this is my legacy. I got to go do this. I'm felt really compelled to do that. And so I signed up Beautiful. for Toastmasters the very next week, dude. And I said, I'm going to I become a better speaker. I remember that when you first started. Dude, I'm going to be a better speaker. I'm going to become the person I need to be. And then I said, I'm going to write this book to help people. And I used to say thousands of people, but thousands of people have already been impacted. So now I talk about impacting millions of people. And I'm saying that with ultimate mm-hmm. certainty.
0: I remember, I literally remember when we, when we got together, mm-hmm. um, you were yeah because you were just written a book you're looking to get it marketed and all that uh you know starting this thing everybody's like hey man you got to connect with this guy he's awesome we connected because of the cars and mm-hmm. uh my uncle built hot rods in michigan and we got to talking about that and, oh here's the cars i built here's the cars and i remember talking about the rims and and just just all about you know the paint color and everything and then and then i remember you're like hey i went to toastmasters and, um, I won this, and then I placed here, and then I, did. I was like, oh man, and now that you say all that, it like fills in all of the gaps you know that that I didn't know, um you know, leading up to the time where where you and I met online, connected, uh got into each other's ecosystem, and mm-hmm. you know go from there, so very cool, man, wow. Uh, luckily, yeah. I haven't been in a racing accident, but I I have been in a couple car accidents. Um, most of them that I caused. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, because every you know how to say life is the highway. Well, um, every road I'm on is a drag strip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you that I always, always knew Sorry. that I would become more successful, dude. I always knew I was going to make more money. That's inevitable. Making money was always has been easier for me. I figured it out. I understand how to play the game very well. But yeah. the thing is, is what that caused, that accident really caused, is urgency and a greater level of awareness of how I'm really leaving a footprint on this planet, whether I'm here and where I'm gone. A lot of people like posthumous fame. They like to pass away and like become famous. To me, that's stupid let's be honest oh, Like, yeah. like make, make an impact while you're still alive like that's that's the real goal if you can make an impact while you're still alive you're far more valuable than when you're dead let's be honest
0: oh for sure yeah I don't do, do yeah I don't I don't need anybody to worship me after I'm gone I don't need anybody to you know like yeah I totally get the whole posthumous thing and you know again I, I, I mean you want to leave a legacy Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want to leave a legacy, but I don't need a day, you know, carved out for my name. I don't need a street sign to commemorate me. I don't need I, what I need is I need people to live their best life mm-hmm. because of what we taught them. That's what I need. I need them to say that individually my life is better because of what this guy has taught me. That's what I need. And I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. If they can yeah. think, think that you changed the trajectory of their success or impacted their lives in a positive manner, that's that's what we want, man.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. So let's talk about your podcast, 365 Driven. Love the show. You have such amazing guests on there. I don't even know where you find them. Your, your guest list is is people that, one, are either – not famous, but are crushing it in their sphere of influence or people that have a lot of followers or they're, you know, semi, well, uh, well, 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 well known. But the whole thing is like, they are people that are not messing around. These are serious entrepreneurs crushing it right now. And, uh, and every time you call a guest, I'm like, you gotta research another guy. <laughs> you know? Like maybe I'll have on my show you know yep. so uh very cool let's talk about your podcast uh what made you start it and how can people listen to it and subscribe
1: so i started a podcast actually i was a guest host on a automotive podcast about 10 years ago when podcasting was kind of nerdy and, and everybody kind of laughed about it and i really wasn't the right person back then i was kind of shy and i didn't like speaking the microphone and i basically that went about 10 episodes and i I said, well, I'm kind of too busy, so I let the other two hosts basically run with it. And that show is still around today. And it's, it's, it's funny how it's grown, but the Muscle Car Place, it was an LS show. But now, you know, the Rob Kibby, he's still the host of that. and He's been consistent. He's got millions of downloads now. It's like, dude, that's awesome to see how that kind of took off. So I was an early yeah. adopter, podcaster, but in that space, also became a listener. So I became a, a heavy consumer of podcasts ever since then. And I always thought, you know, someday I want to have another show. I want to do something that really means something to me. And I started to listen to these entrepreneur shows and entrepreneur and side hustle type shows, because that's the things I have a lot of passion mm-hmm. for is business. And dude, to be honest, like a lot of entrepreneurship shows out there, they just weren't floating the boat, man. They were just kind of lame. And they were just asking very surface level questions. And yep. they have guests that didn't really provide a whole lot of value. They were just self-promoting each, you know, themselves. And I was like, you know what, these guys are asking the same questions on every single show it's like if I would have had this world-renowned expert in this subject why would I ask him the same questions as the last person that had an expertise in some other subject so I started thinking about you know different interview types like you know, yourself you do a very good job Tom Bilyeu does a good job Ed Milet does a good yeah. job they ask different questions for every guest and that's that's context it's not lazy it's being a good host I grew up watching right. Oprah and stuff like that so I understand like tv show host like ask good questions relevant to the person so i was like only way i'm going to have be able to solve this is go do it myself so i i hated being like the sideline coach you know or the armchair quarterback like trying to give advice mm-hmm. so i said okay i'm gonna go do my own show so it launched back in november 2018 i think we're at 122 episodes in now I usually do two a week, but it's, in, it's incredible, Sean. Like you said, podcasting is a great way to build a network of amazing, amazing people that are doing some crazy things in this world and have an hour long conversation with somebody you would ever, otherwise never have met. That's the beauty of it. And then the benefit is the audience. People that get to benefit from that value and hear the things that are on both sides of the microphone because I'm not just doing a QA, I'm much like you, where it's a conversation where I'm adding my perspectives and my experience into the microphone along with them. And I think the guests find a lot of value with that. So if you wanted to hear that, we talk about wealth, health, mindset, and relationships. These are the four cornerstones of happiness and success. And it's called 365 driven. You can find it on all of the major pod channels.
0: Outstanding. In 2017, I launched the Life Transformation Radio. I had, like, I don't know, 15 or 16 questions. And I, I can't even remember what the, half the questions were. It was like, I don't know if you had to go back. Like, would you start the same business? or I don't know. Some of the questions, like, really didn't kind of fit, like, the theme. I'm like, what is the, is the moment? But I, I, I took stock about eight months, maybe nine months after I started the show. And I was like, okay, well, what's the premise of the show? What do we got to do? You know, whatever. And I noticed that we took a lot of time talking about a why and talking about a transformational moment. Everything else is kind of rapid-fire questions. So in, in, 20, in 2018, I started to change those questions. I said, I really want to hit on those transformative moments. Mm-hmm. So I started redoing some of, my tool, some of the questions I asked and retooling some, some processes, and that worked. And in 2019, I said, okay, I'm no longer an interview-based. I'm a conversational-based, and I only asked three questions. Mm-hmm. And and I've stuck with that ever since, and the show has exploded. And so that's I, I that's it. So you know, what is your why? Was a transformation moment, and how are you gonna elevate the world around you? And and we and, and that's it. And then everything sprinkled in is what you're saying is is those personal questions. Like we'll talk about your podcast, and uh, you know mm-hmm. we we're talking about about earlier about people that. You know, kind of pod faded out, or they just kind of entrepreneur faded out, like they're not even doing the same things anymore. Half of them, I don't even know, have a Facebook anymore. So, so yeah, definitely, uh, I'm totally on board with that. And in the remaining time that we have, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, if they wanted to figure out how the, how you can become their business mentor, um, just really get inside of your ecosystem, uh, where would we send them?
1: Easiest way is the website that you mentioned earlier, 365driven.com. You'll find links to my Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, very active on all those, those platforms, but all the links there. And i am also got a Facebook entrepreneur community that you're welcome to join. It's free. It's called 365 Driven Entrepreneurs. And hey, Sean's a member there too.
0: Yep. It is an amazing group. I absolutely love the, love the content that is in that group. And again, no BS no fluff. If you even remotely even think about spamming the group, Tony has the delete button in his pocket and it's already going off. He already <laughs> knows. He does not play. It is a value-driven group. It is an entrepreneur, uh, culture, family, You know, tight-knit group, love being in the group. So much value gets, t- gets, gets put in that group. So well done structuring the groups in that way. Uh, if somebody listening or because we have different people coming in at different times of the show and even some people scroll to the back of the show or the middle of the show if they don't listen to anything else that we've talked about today what is the one takeaway that red thread that really ties everything together what is the one through line the takeaway that you want the audience to know and understand
1: my keyword that I base everything on success is, is consistency. That's my big word. And, I, and it's a fundamental word. And that's what makes it so hard for most people to understand because we are raised and we hear that word, be consistent, show up consistently, work consistently. And a lot of people with their ego, they think, I got that. I'm consistent, but they're not. And that's the that's the hard truth is most people aren't consistent. So my definition for you guys that are listening is the consistency is showing up every damn day and putting in the work that you, even when you don't feel like it, a lot of people think they need to be motivated to do something, but successful people don't need motivation. They are driven by the end results. They know that they're going to see the results that they put the work in. So they do the work even when they don't feel like it. So think about that. Be showing up, just show up every day, put the work in. Don't think that you need consistency. Just have the inner drive for the results and you will have the way to get to the end line because your consistency in showing up for that six to 12 months that I mentioned earlier essential for anything that you want to change in your life or create some kind of success. Most people are unwilling to do it, and that is the secret to you becoming that success.
0: Just be in the mindset that in the first year of you building a business, you're probably not going to make a lot of money. Like let's, let's just there are people that oh look, I started a company yesterday and made a million dollars. Like <laughs> like the the half of a one of a quarter of a percent that that actually happens, you know, like, okay, there, there are those, those moments, but for the most part, it's going to take a moment for you to, to, to catch on to people. They want to make sure that you're not a flash in the pan. Like you had mentioned earlier, they want to make sure that you're serious. So definitely be consistent. Stick with it. Don't give up, man. This, I can't believe the time has gone already, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It is an honor to have you on the show and I cannot wait to speak at an event in San Antonio with you, my friend. It's going to be absolutely incredible.
1: Hey, Sean, thank you for having me on. I love this conversation, and I can't wait for my audience to hear it as well.
0: Thank you so much, man. Life Transformation Radio listeners, an amazing guest impacting the world around him. If anything has resonated with our conversation with Tony Watley today, please, Connect with him on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever your platform of choice is. Connect with him and send him a message, letting him know that you heard the episode of Life Transformation Radio. And with that, go to 365, the number is 365driven.com. Pick up Tony's Side Hustle Millionaire book. I got it. I've read it twice. It is absolutely phenomenal powerhouse of a book you have to get this book side hustle millionaire pick it up today i close the show by saying live your brand find opportunities every day to live up the core values that you hold deep in your heart and call that living your brand so until next episode live a great life